Hello? Hello, hello? Uh, I wanted to record this message to help you uh, get settled into listening to this episode of the podcast. Uh, we're recording this as I speak, so figured I'd give you this little message. There will be spoilers. Be careful. This movie literally came out, I think, two days ago for us. This movie came out on Thursday. Earliest we could watch it was Thursday, October 26th, and we watched it on Friday. This is being recorded on Halloween, so please take care. And if you don't want to get spoiled, skip this episode. All right, spoiler warnings out of the way. And now that we've gotten the spoiler warning out the way, my name is Derek Foster. And my name is Ella Arns. And we are, are Pen, Pen and Popcorn. And today is a special episode, it ladies is. and gentlemen, and all things in between. Because it's the Five Nights at Freddy's movie. Yeah, we kind of... One might say we were doing great with uh, keeping that little bit of secret that we were going to... Cover well, my this one. Knew. And there, some people knew. I tried to leave some clues there. I almost spoiled it last episode. We had to edit out you spoiling it the last episode. <laughs> but no, we're we're here. The movie that uh, a community waited n- nearly a decade for. Eight years for. Eight I've, years. I've heard nine years, and so also FNAF is like, nine years old right now. It turn FNAF turns ten years old next year. We've been waiting for this movie since 2015, which would make that about eight years. So, so I have the history today because I am like the resident FNAF expert. Yeah, I, I, I there would have been a point in time where that would have been me, but it's not me anymore. So it would have never been you. you now you watch it, Ralph, because it could have been me. <laughs> Derek, it, when did you start watching Five Nights at Freddy's? first game lovely uh when did you start doing your own theorizing for the lore after four i've been making timelines since i've been started watching this i've kept up with all the theories i've watched every scott coffin interview so one might say you're one of those game theorists over there you know you know, you know, there's a guy that, you ca- that I kind of kind of remember here about there. Oh yes, uh, Mr. I Matthew Patrick. Are you familiar with him? I'm very familiar with him. <laughs> How's that sound? I might, I might reach out to do an to do an internship with him. Uh, I might reach out to work. Matt Pat, if you Matt are Pat, somehow me. hearing this episode, hire me. It would make Ella's life. If it would. <laughs> it, it, actually, that would be the greatest thing that ever happened to me, the, the, happened to me ever. So yes. Yes. So. So. Let me get into the history before we get very off topic into the lore of Five Nights at Freddy's. Oh, boy. The lore! And boy, howdy. There's so, going to be lots and lots Lore is complicated. That. We are not doing a full timeline. That might be a little Really? The Five Nights at Freddy's lore is complicated <laughs> and may not make sense all the time consistently? Yada, yada, yada. So, oh my God! <laughs> development for the movie began in 2015 when Warner Brothers uh, got the rights to make it. Uh, however, that's all, folks. On that, there's a whole bunch of issues. For one, Scott Cawthon rewrote the script. I think about a total of eight different times before they found one that they liked. They also went through multiple different directors, and then in. Two years after the project started, sorry, after several production delays, Warner Brothers kind of were dropped. They were like, nope, no more. And then in 2017, Blumhouse was 
Blumhouse picked up the movie to be the new production company uh, with Chris Columbus to direct it. He eventually left the project, so everybody thought it was going to be canceled. But then we got Emma Tommy uh, in October of 2022, which thank goodness we've already been through enough directors which, and which, everybody which, else. Which, 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 by, which, by the way, I'll add in here for your, Bl- your Blumhouse. For those of you who aren't familiar with Blumhouse, they did the most recent uh, Michael Myers trilogy. Uh, I believe both Happy Death Days. Uh, they're the studio behind The Purge I and the Paranormal series. And they did uh, in Insidious, The Red Door, which came out this year as they well. They also did Ouija, uh, Origin of Evil. I did a whole speech on Blumhouse and their contribution and to the, go- the history. And, and the move away from horror movies there, Black Klansman. A cinematic masterpiece. But <laughs> They also did uh, the Gem movie. And Whiplash, which I guarantee you you've seen. If I have you not sc- seen have TikTok, you've probably seen a scene from it. I don't think I have. Have you ever have you ever seen a movie scene of a guy who's playing the drums and the instructors yelling at him? No. Most people have probably seen that though. I'm on FNAF TikTok. Also, uh, Us by uh, Jordan Peele. But I, liter- back- I literally had to stay off TikTok for like three days before we went to this movie because people were already putting out spoilers. Yeah, I mean, are you surprised? No. You're not. Oh. This is the FNAF fandom. Duh. So then, yes. Uh, and I, then the main cast was confirmed in December of 2022, while other additions eventually came on in early 2023. Filming actually began in February of this year, which honestly was really fun. And so it had a dual release on uh, Peacock as well as... Um, in theaters. Yeah, in theaters. So, it's currently a box office success. It, fun fact. It had a $20 million production budget. And don't look it up. How much do you think it's grossed worldwide at this moment? Um, It's only been a few a few days, but because I think I saw a t- uh, tweet thing about it, I'm going to say $140 million. You're just shy. It, the wiki says 136 136 I was $4 million off. Uh, yeah. Fun fact: In the opening weekend, uh, th- this was more this was more successful than the Mario movie in its opening weekend. <laughs> this actually beat out Oppenheimer for opening day. So, so and, and bear in mind, the Mario movie is sitting at like a billion in revenue here. Yeah, so the Mario after movie about a year. So, <laughs> the Mario movie does have FNAF beat for best video game movie currently. It does have it beat a little bit, at least the last I saw. I mean, that's. It depends who you ask on that point. <laughs> so Oppenheimer had, I think it was like nine million for its opening night. FNAF had ten point nine, mm. or like similar to that. FNAF had ten point something. It was like just about to beat them out. It was uh, very nice, very fun. Uh, very nice, very nice. Yes, I remember sitting there when they. An- I remember reading on Scott's. I can't. I can't remember if it was on Steam or Reddit first about the fact that there was a FNAF movie, but I remember reading the original post saying that there was going to be a movie and getting very, very excited. I remember uh, looking at the scripts that could have been that were eventually scrapped. And then I remember... Wait, were those were accessible? <laughs> not the whole scripts, but like the ideas. Uh, so like rough draft type? Kind of. So Scott released a big... I'm going to say Steam. People can yell at me in the comments, of course, always. 
I believe Please on... Please yell at us, actually. More interactions. It could have been... Because I saw... It, somebody took a screenshot and posted it somewhere else, and that's where I saw it. So it could have been that person's settings, but it looked like it was on Steam, where it was a whole list of, like, possible script ideas that they were they could have done that were not chosen. So it was like one of them was about a whole bunch of kids who break into the restaurant and have to survive. Uh, we got the mic. We got we got the Mike Schmidt script. I think I'm trying to remember. Really, it's it's this the this post came out a couple years ago, so it's really hard uh, to remember what exactly he said. So I'm literally trying. I'm I'm, I'm looking at the wiki. Uh, so here, here, here are the screenplays according to the FNAF wiki. Uh, the F screenplay was going to be a bunch of teenagers break into the pizzeria and have a chaotic adventure. So okay. And, and yawn a little bit. And so then there was plush trap. Plushies take Manhattan. Ah, Manhattan. <laughs> I don't know where that is. In a parody of the Muppets take Manhattan, it was just going to be plushies do that. Uh, Scott hated that idea. I hate it too, by the way. It was also supposed to be a parody of Friday the 13th Part 8, I think. Jason takes Manhattan. I don't know. The bite of 87. <laughs> so, Random Charlie is basically, there would have been a protagonist named Charlie who has to sneak into the pizzeria with her friends to reclaim her lost toy. I feel like that could have been really fun if you could do. Uh, yeah, but the trope's the a little played out. <sighs> so then there was also the Silver Eyes movie adaptation idea. I feel like part of this got mixed into the final movie, but I'll I, explain that later. Yeah. Uh, so this one would have been the earliest earlier draft. It's just adapt the first book of the novel trilogy. Uh, they worked on it, and then, you know. Due to inexperiences they suffered, and they're like, yeah, no. They're like, let's focus on the games uh, instead of the books. So then there was the pawn shop idea, which was a kid looks af- who looks after a pawn shop is in trouble when they bring in the animatronics to the pawn shop, which have apparently been stolen from Freddy Fazbear's. <laughs> One of them is sold to the pawn shop, and the others come to get the one that was sold. I feel like that would have been really great, but really cringy. I feel like more heavily on the would have been cringy. So this one a lot of fans would have loved, but critics would have hated. It is the Cassidy idea. And that was just basically, the movie is all about Cassidy and filled with lore for everybody. <laughs> that would have been Pat's nightmare, but our dream. Uh... So then there was the misfit kid idea, which was uh, taking place in modern times. This kid visit this kid visits new town with her single mother and trespasses into the old Freddy Fazbear's Pizza location. Scott just didn't like the screenplay, so we didn't get that. I feel like that could have been really fun. There was ghost trackers as an idea, which I feel like you would have really loved this one. Would I know? It's a team of ghosts. Teenage ghost hunters sneak into the abandoned Freddy Fazbear's restaurant. So we would have gotten a whole bunch of random, ki- like we would have gotten more about the ghost kids and the everything being possessed instead of just oh mascot horror. Hmm. 
So there's also a plot called Insane that was a possibility. It was similar to Ghost Trackers, but with the Funtime animatronics and the puppet. And it was set in an underground area filled with ball pit tunnels. Mm. Mm, mm, mm. Uh, No. Okay, so then the last one I have an idea of is the Mike script. So there's no information known about this, although it is presumed to have been about either Michael Afton or Mike Schmidt. Uh, This was supposedly the script that was supposed to start filming in 2021. But then Scott Cawthon retired and Chris Columbus uh, didn't want to get the film, so they scrapped it and they had to get a new idea. Which led to the current script. The I'm going to call the current script the, um, the Abby script. Because there's Abby and she's like the most memorable part. So, Derek, I'm going to ask you, what expectations did you have for this movie? And okay. were those fulfilled? So going in, I kind of knew, I knew from the beginning to not fully expect it to be like as lore heavy as like the theorist side of me really wanted it to be to a certain degree because I knew when the film's runtime got announced, it was just barely running under two hours there. I knew that just like that's not feasible at all. I was merely hoping, I was hoping for the basics for what it's worth. I wanted mm-hmm. it to be a concise story told about the Five Nights at Freddy's. Wait a minute. You wanted this to be a concise story? Well, I mean, the plot... The the, the games aren't concise. I mean, for the sake of, like, you know, a singular film. Like, of course, it's not going to be, like, a concise, like, covering everything there. I wanted... Like, and we'll get into it when we're breaking down the film a little yes. bit more there the story with the actual people and not the animatronics call me controversial I liked because it made sense and gave it kind of a reason which connected to the games of why any of this is happening the way it is I know that it wasn't what other people wanted violence the whole time a lot of but I was looking for that what we got is what my expectations were Okay, great. So I feel like a lot of people who are upset about the movie for not being this big, like, scary horror thing... They wanted it to be more violent. And people who are upset about how the animatronics acted, you need to remember, these are canonically dead children. These are canonically children, so they're going to act like children. Which is why that whole scene of... uh Abby playing with the animatronics and making a fort exists for what it is, and it's funny. Because they're kids. Because they're kids just kind of... They're children. They're still children, so of course they're acting and behaving like Like children. children. So I, I'll admit, I had expectations for this movie. Oh, you did now. As somebody who has been waiting for this movie for eight years, I'll be honest, I was just happy that it got made, but I had a list of things where, like, if this movie meets these requirements, this is now my all-time favorite movie. And it met... All of them. It surpassed them. So this is not your all-time favorite movie? Oh, definitely. All right. What? Nothing. No. No. No, tell me. Tell me. I mean, the movie's good. It's a good movie. I love the movie. I, it's, um, it's not the best movie, but it can still be my favorite movie. And that's completely understandable. 
Liz, I've just so. been uh, the only thing I've been seeing on social media is people dragging this film over the fires there. So for, to hear the contrast of that is comedic. Literally the, every uh, every FNAF fan who is complaining, be grateful we got a movie the movie at all. I think you all need to remember that had Blumhouse not been so generous and picked this up, the FNAF movie could have been dead in the water multiple years ago. Y'all need to get over your little uh, happy whatever. Get over yourself. Just be glad you even got a movie. Because you know how many times this thing was rumored to be canceled? More, more than, times than more times than your than years you've probably been alive. More times than the scripts have probably existed. <laughs> but more, there's like, more. I'll be honest. There's more times this film was allegedly canceled than there are scripts that almost made it to the final process. Exactly. All right. And that is a ridiculous statement if you know how films work. <laughs> it is very ridiculous. But no, people need to understand. Guess what? This movie. It's meant for the fans. Be happy you even got it. We could have gotten something a lot worse. Be happy with what you have. Oh, I love the purple lights now. Yeah, no, I realized that. There. I was like, there's a perfect color for this. Of course. So, no, one of my expectations was you have to keep the five kids. You have to keep the five missing children. You have to keep the missing children's incident as that is the central point of the lore. Without that, you have nothing. Without that, you don't really have, like... You have... A driving force behind the, your main antagonist yeah. of... I was like, you have to keep a William Afton figure. It does not have to be named William Afton. I, I originally accept. thought he wasn't going to be, and I'll admit... Everybody I knew was, he I thought that they... Because my because whole logic trailer? here was that... Yes, partially because of the trailer, but I also thought that we weren't going to be as direct to the games as they then ended up being into the films. I mean, to be We fair, learned about how adaptions worked in film class. I thought William it was going to be William Afton is a main character in the games and the books. Yeah. Yes, but the whole but when it was shown that the guy's name is Steve Raglan, I was like, okay, so we're going to so he's basically just going to be the sub in for William Afton. Same with the same premise there. And it turned out, yeah. no, he was still just William Afton. So it was like... He's just hiding in plain sight. Cool. Cool. <laughs> reminder of some lore, they suspected William from the start. <laughs> he he was acting quite strange from the beginning. Like, when I look back at it then, it was just the the, the pauses in his speech while he's, like, talking. And they're just like, yeah, yeah no, it was, it, it was him from the beginning, obviously. If yeah. you're paying attention, you just know. There needed to be some... I'll admit, the only thing that the movie did not have that I wanted is nobody booped Freddy's nose. And you were in the theater and you were not happy <laughs> about that. I was like, that. why? That is the most so, iconic meme in the entirety of the FNAF lore. <laughs> the, keep it in. It's funny, though. We love it. It was, honestly, it was awesome. I... I am waiting for the one-star review from parents complaining because they did not realize what they gave their children. So I took my child to this movie, and I am absolutely disgusted at what... Who could have approved this film? Ever. Yeah, because reminder to every parent, uh, this movie was labeled PG-13, but there was a good time where it was debated about being rated R. Yeah, and I'll be honest... I feel like it should have been rated R. I I would have loved to see what that would have looked like. Yes. In comparison, I mean, I think I can probably take a guess. It's as it. I don't see it being that much different yeah. from what we've gotten, except you that the get... ki- except the kills that we see are on screen. 
Because get more explicit. Because because when because when they break in, a lot of them are like cutaway deaths. Yes. Uh, we would have like seen an up close of Cupcake eating that guy's face. We, we would have seen like, exactly what Bonnie did to the guy in the closet. We would have also with the, with the suit thing. <laughs> in I feel the like intro. we would have seen Freddie bite down on the body. We they probably would have went all the way with almost like because. Well, no. It's not if the thing. Gonna, if you're going to bring up the spring lock scene. No, no, no. I, no, I was going to stay on the little bite thing. Okay, it we'll would, keep with the bite. It would, it would have been the, you know, thing that people, like, immediately, like, called back to there of just, like, you know, how it kind of looks like the, the moment of the bite of 87, even though it's not. I, 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 they probably would have went full force with that and had it be, like, an actual neck snap than, like, yeah. a, just a... <laughs> Clean in half. Clean and ha- which in turn was still shocking. You 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 felt you. I almost felt the soul leave the theater in that in moment. They were just Derek, like, <gasps> there was a five year old sitting right behind us. Jesus Christ! I J- forgot the about girl this. I pointed out uh, right uh, behind uh, us. I'm pretty sure she was five. There's no way she was older than ten. There is no way. There's she's, humanly no way she was older than ten. <laughs> the games came out before she was born. I will tell you that. I was gonna say, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's three was out before she was born. I promise you. Four was probably out before. she Four was, was probably born. out the year she was born, if anything. Then she was born in 2015. <laughs> Which would make her well, eight. Exactly. Yeah, I guess. So, do you want to talk about the spring? So people are complaining that the spring lock scene is not bloody enough. We don't get enough screams. If people had paid attention to the spring lock lore, they would realize this is an excellent. This is a very you got comparable pixels adaptation. The last time you got it there, that wasn't graphic either. <laughs> so no, everybody is complaining because it's like there wasn't a lot of blood. But thinking about this in a realistic sense of the entire thing, for one. He's not going to be bleeding everywhere because the metal parts are still in him. If you are stabbed... Human logic. Human logic. <laughs> human logic here. Actual medical knowledge. If you are stabbed with something, you are supposed to leave the thing in there until you get to the hospital. So you don't because bleed Because that has a cork in your body and it keeps the blood in. So that's why you don't get this massive bloody effect. It's because the parts are keeping all of this blood on the inside. Which is it's how Springtrap is technically kind of still alive for all this time. It's a slower and not... more painful death. And you don't get the screaming because it's stable in the books and I think in the game somewhere but I know this mainly from the books that there are spring locks in the back of the head that sever your vocal cords he physically couldn't scream yeah right because he he doesn't say a word after they it physically in the the lore of this it physically separates your vocal cords and you drown in your own blood when it comes back to him in the claw Honestly, at the very end of the film, there, all he does is just like kind of give like a raise hand, like help me kind of reaction as he's seizing out on the floor from yeah, Evan. There, which I we don't know if his name's was his name credited as Evan. I don't remember, uh, but I from th- Golden Freddy. Let's let's just call them. Let's call the children by their animatronic names because I don't. I don't remember if we know if they're keeping the game names. But yeah, but no, I like. Also, the, you don't know if that was Evan or Cassidy. Spring Trap uh, killed. I mean, granted, y'all with it being a PG thirteen move, how violent that spot could have been. You got what you could have gotten here, because if you think about it, 
Like, you know, Cupcake rips part of that suit open so you even see it. Yeah. So I'm going to do something really quick that is a reference to somebody we've already mentioned. We need to give Blumhouse a clap and a half, please. Clap and a half to Blumhouse. You did so good on that. God bless. God bless Blumhouse. (laughs) Okay, so let's talk about some behind-the-scenes things really quick. Because I watched MatPat's video that he released on Saturday mm-hmm. about being in the FNAF movie. Which, god damn, he kept that on the wraps really well. There wasn't an NDA in place, and he he so could have told us, and he just chose not to. Like, this man chose violence. Like, we, I know people uh, was already concerned because uh, Markiplier like, had a schedule conflict. So you're like, are we getting any references to the creators that kind of gave this franchise life? Corey. Uh, Corey was there too, but we also had no we had no idea he was confirmed for that either. There. Yeah, the and first he didn't trailer really... came out. We saw him. Th- did he? Who do you think drives the damn cab in the thing? No, I know who drives the cab, Ella, but I don't think that think that everybody fully processed that that was Corey because <laughs> I didn't process that was Corey until the film. I saw yeah, I was like. That's Corey Ketchin. <laughs> yeah, everybody, knew, a lot of people knew it was Corey. My God. I think Corey even pointed it out. It's MatPat hid his for so long. He was even acting upset when he saw some of the stuff, so people were getting mad at Blumhouse for not including him. Me included. I'll admit, I was a bit mad at Blumhouse. I was like, how dare you not include the man who has made the lore of this franchise? And I... Fake his, out Matt. His name tags said Ness. And for those of you who've watched enough game theory, you know that's really funny. Yes. So clap and a half to MatPat for your performance here. You For you being really of m- not necessarily like super centric role there, You, I mean, oh, his it name. was good to have you here. <laughs> who do you think chose Matt's name? Him. No. I... I I'm I'm shocked. Scott Cawthon chose the name. Mother. F- and <laughs> he demanded that it be that name. You know what? Matt Pat at oh, first. Oh, because Scott and Matt are like they they they've spoken multiple times. That, that was the first time they met in person. <laughs> the first time they met in person, but I'm like over digital there because that's yeah. how some of Matt's like theory stuff that he's coming up with was how he was getting his confirmation from it there, was yeah. that Scott was kind of saying that it's like, Scott would put there's something a certain on the YouTube channel that's been talking about this, and they're right about a couple points. Yeah, <laughs> there'd be vague references. Scott would put stuff on the website while MatPat was streaming. GT Live, please go back to being GT Live and GT Not Live. Either that or change the channel name. Yeah. Either change the channel name permanently to GT Not Live, or... Literally just start live streaming again. Please and thank you. <laughs> you can make a separate VOD channel for your, like, edited content. I'm joking. I like it. I like... How will you decide to run your company, MatPat? You run your company. But no. It... So MatPat at first didn't even realize that it was a reference to the Sans's Nest theory. He originally thought it was a reference to, like, Vanessa. And then when he asked Scott, Scott was like, no, it's a reference to Sansa's Nest. Which is probably their most iconic video that they've ever... (laughs) And then immediately, well, first... That or tomorrow is a cycle. Like, one one of the first... No, there's something a bit more prevalent than Sansa's Nest now that is referenced in the movie. That's just a theory. The dream theory. 
Oh my god! That being so early there that we saw that, and I was like, "Oh my god!" So I didn't, god. Get the, I didn't, I didn't get the chance to go frame by frame over the movie. Is the title of that book like? Is that book? I'm trying by to film pull, I'm pulling it up as we speak. Um, okay, I'll I'll keep talking while you do that. Uh, it's very. Um, it's hard. It for says to... it says there, uh, Dream Theory fifth translation. Oh. As the other thing there, so no. Well, I saw the F and the T, and I was like, film theory. If that would have been that, there, then I would have been like, well, oh, my God. That, that book doesn't exist in real life. Uh, can, can, we, can we potentially uh, get our hands on a replica here for that there, just because? If I go to Blum, if you're, you're making me want to apply to work at Blumhouse instead so I can see if they have any FNAF props that I can steal. So to say, can I have a copy of the Dream Theory book? Just, <laughs> I want to read it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, if I was them, if I was them, I would have put the script of the Dream Theory episode. I, 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 th- I think if you want to make some extra money there, um, there's enough people that are like you there. You can put, you can put some merch up, and and that can be one of them there. Do a the quick merch. little limited run of the Dream Theory book. Like, yeah. we're only going to sell X amount of copies of this here and just mass print. That, <laughs> might, that might sell out faster than Era's ticket, Era's tour tickets. Yeah, but because of entirely different crowd for the exact same reason. <laughs> exactly. I was a little sad when we didn't get Theater 13, but then I was like, oh, guess I'm I, who I guess has Theater 13 is Taylor Swift. And then, wait, what, what theater were we in? We were in Theater 7. I mean, seven has significance. Seven has a bit of significance. If you put in the number eight ahead of it, then... <laughs> <laughs> and uh, also the seventh night is the custom night. Yeah, actually, yeah. So, yeah. So... But now... Now... Uh, real, so, the point I was trying to make at the beginning is uh, Markiplier was actually supposed to be the guard we saw in the beginning had there not been scheduling conflicts. However, it was then said, like, immediately following by a director's day of just, like, you know, if his schedule is clear by the second one, he's going to be in it there. Yes. Like, they're going to go out of their way to get that one to happen. And I feel like that is a really good thing. Uh, Markiplier. Showing love to the community Please. that got you to where you are is... Please make time for the five. I mean, it, it just so happened that he was doing another film thing at the exact same window, so it was. But like, nobody really knows Iron Lung. Everybody knows FNAF. Pause your Iron Lung filming for two minutes to go film FNAF. Yeah, but it's probably a location thing there. Why that? Because knowing Markiplier, honestly, if it if it's that if it would have been that easy. I almost think that he would have probably tried. <laughs> True. He might have been in California. It, it might have been Wherever a situation Mark- of, like, they were filming on one side of the country and not on the other movies yeah, filming on the other. Yeah, filmed in New Orleans, so. So, yeah, you kind if if, like, Iron Lung was in Cali, then you have to fly from California to New Orleans for a yeah, scene, yeah. then fly back. It's like, I, know. I get it. Now, speaking of which, by the whole sequel thing, that I want to pull up a tweet that I saw earlier. Yes, you talk about the sequel. Uh, cause, like, and I and I spoke and I spoke for our friend uh, Maddie uh, while we were at lunch. Um, mm-hmm. the movie director uh, Emma Emma Tammy, uh, who directed Five Nights at Freddy's, uh, regarding adapting Five Nights at Freddy's two into a sequel film, said, and I quote. We're definitely excited to keep making more movies in this world. Should we be lucky enough to do that? This one was tied into the first game, and we'd probably focus on tying the second one into the second game, and so on and so forth. But anything could happen. We'll have to see. 
Okay. Now, so that, not, that's kind of interesting to me because yes. I feel like we kind of bounced, in my opinion, we kind of bounced all over the place a little bit with... Because... Mm. The it, movie bounced between the book and the game. And can the, I explain my thought on that? Um, you you can, but then I just have to say after that. Yes. You hold your thought. It's just... I told everybody I'd talk about this again. So, the ending of the film, spoiler alert... Uh, and spoiler alert, you're not here to in- intro bit, people, if you're still here and you're just going <laughs> to... So, co- quite completely, how they defeat Afton is exactly how they defeat him in the book. Because the whole point of the book is the animatronics are being controlled by Afton because he somehow made them forget what he did uh, to them. I created you! <laughs> and that's quite literally what happened in the movie, and then exact same thing of child draws a picture showing what actually happens and show, get find pins it to a wall that shows the animatronics exactly what happened and now they all turn against him it, quite literally exactly the same from the book so it bounces between the game and the book like you don't have everything from the book but you do and you have a bunch of stuff from the game but like it follows a kind of it follows the book's plot a little bit and that's where the uh Silver Eyes script kind of got mixed in with this one, I feel like. Now, what was your thoughts? Uh, my thoughts were is that, like, when it comes to de- and saying, you know, they, they they tried to tie it a lot in the first game, I feel like to a certain degree, they, like, hit they hit a lot of different points that happened within multiple games. It wasn't directly tied as much as the first, despite the fact that, you know, it it's an introduction. So, technically, it has to have some reference to the first game. But, like, as an example, Golden Bunny, a.k.a. Springtrap, that whole thing doesn't happen until second. Until he, he, we don't see him for the first time until second, and we then even see the and s- then the and the spring lock moment, if anything, there is an homage to the third. <laughs> Wait a minute, do we even see the spring lock suit in the second game? Um, you, I believe you, I believe Golden Bonnie is somewhere in that game. I, I'm gonna Google to check. It's been a bit since but I've seen all the. Eight, I, I just like I, I think I think the, I think the mini game pops up in three, but it's like because that the well, game no, with I if I'm remembering my eight bit mini games from the correct games, uh, we we just get purple guy. We don't see his suit. Because there's, if I'm remembering correctly, there's Foxy Go, 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 which you don't see the Springlock suit. There's uh, Give Gifts, Give Life, which doesn't even have Purple Guy. There's the restaurant, I don't know what to call that one, where you just see him, you just see him kill a kid outside of a restaurant. Unclear how the kid dies, but still dies right outside. You see Charlie's death. And then there's the Save Them, uh... Yeah, the save them, help them, you can't minigame. And I believe that's all of them from the second game. And in none of those you see the Golden Spring Locks. Okay, so so I am wrong. Because uh, remember until the third game we all thought he used Golden Freddy? And that's why Golden Freddy was... Because that's the difference there. In the ga- a game, uh, you have the Easter eggs of um, appearances of sh- both Shadow Freddy and Shadow Bonnie. That's what I got confused with in two. Yeah, <laughs> you got confused which, with the shadows, which, 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 which is great because those, which was a great bit they have getting to see those, and then your game crashes, <laughs> just like that. Beep. And that 
yeah, no, and then him seizing out and the whole spring lock suit bit that that's up that's in arms the about that's movie. from the third game. Uh which third game. and then the whole restaurant collapses in on itself, which it makes me down. think and it, it doesn't necessarily burn down. It collapses, like internally. No, the paper at the end of three The paper at the end of three says, says there's says a the, fire. Yes, but that's it burns after, down. But, but that's after they turn into a horror attraction. Yes, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's not what this is, <laughs> is necessarily. Uh, you can kind of draw the connection there, but see, that's what. What are you talking about in this lore? I'm ta- I'm I'm trying to say this like the that the whole bit of like it, them saying they tied it to the first game, game thing primarily is a lie. Oh yeah, because the, at the end. The, there's too many. Re- there's down. too many bouncing references for it, to, it that you, you to tell down. us. You tied it to the first it game because he didn't. It just kind of gets trashed. And honestly, uh, and I was hoping that like we can probably like make this into a topic within itself on this here of like we like the movie there and we know what? that there are three movie deal. Yes, because of Matthew Lillard's deal, right? Yes, Matthew Lillard's contract states it's a three movie deal for this character, so it's. Uh, so we know we're getting at least three with William Afton. He might send another one. Please. So here's what, So here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Right? Wait a minute. We're gonna we're gonna try and predict here a little. Oh, <laughs> you want to do predicting? I was gonna do my conspiracy theory. Corner. You you conspiracy theorize and then we'll both do it. Mm-hmm. Yes. So come on come on over to uh, Ella's conspiracy corner. We have Alpha, plenty tinfoil hats for all of you. <laughs> Where? How do I play the game theory? <laughs> Okay, so this is connecting two horror movies that are not connected in any way. Five Nights at Freddy's and Scream. Both main villains are... Both have villains played by Matthew Lillard. In Scream, you have Stu Mocker, who is never confirmed dead. Shut up. Shut up. Matthew Lillard, even though there's technically a death date for him in the latest movie, it, that is still like an unconfirmed, we don't see a body. Alright? We don't see a body, so I'm not counting that kill. Alright? Using uh, kill count logic, I appreciate. <laughs> and so, then we get to FNAF, and we get a William Afton who willingly changes his name and identity completely just to hide, and then he does the iconic ghost-faced fa- ghost knife wipe. Who's to say that Stu Mocker didn't change his name to William Afton, hi- make a pizzeria, kill some kids like he would have done as Ghostface, then decided, oh, I need to hide, completely changes his identity again to Steve Raglan, keeps the pizzeria as a souvenir, because if you'll notice, his knife kind of looks like the Ghostface knife a little bit, I think. Mm-hmm, so does. it could also be a souvenir from him being Ghostface, which would prove it that did. he keeps souvenirs, which would then tie back to William Afton being Stu Mocker. Stu Mocker didn't die, he just renamed himself William Afton and continued his killings on his own. You know, I never did put together that the, he so, very quickly on does the signature Ghostface knife wipe <laughs> that he does with it. This is also... Uh, if, <laughs> yeah, if, if you've been on TikTok and you see seen the horror movie conspiracy theory kind of skit guy that was a reference to him but then again let me tell you this is just a theory 
a conspiracy theory. Thanks for listening to my little conspiracy theory bit. Now let's get to predicting the future. So here's my thesis, right? Because if I'm being honest, um, I I think that we are. I mean, I think they left enough bits and pieces within the film for us to like, even though we don't know more than the three movie deal contract, we know there's a sequel. Yeah. They left a lot of. Uh, What's his face? Mike talking to Abby. Yeah, and Abby saying, "Just like, can we go visit like the friend? My friend, I the lonely." Said, "Prediction." He said, "He said, I'll never know." Um, at the end, the final bit of the credits, the whole marionette music and the yes. Robo come save me message. Yes. On on top of Some that, some people think Afton is saying that, and it's like, no, we only have one other character who is confirmed to speak like that, and that is the puppet. So shut your dang mouth. Remember, the mini game where you first properly do stuff with the puppet is labeled in a letter-by-letter format of save him. Yeah. <laughs> but still, what I think is likely going to happen is it's not going to be a direct jump to FNAF 2 game-wise there, just because okay. I honestly think that having the toy animatronics there for a game means absolutely nothing in this film okay. universe. I think, in my personal opinion, the most logical way, if we just want to keep it at a trilogy, implying we do not add any more to this contract, I think you kind of pivot to focusing it on FNAF 3 setting. Okay. The, 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 the restaurant shut down, but we know some foul play happened, but we're going to turn it into a horror franchise because... As money, also because you still have Springtrap stuck in a closet, following what happened previously, which is where we start for FNAF three. Okay, I like that theory. Which then would get us to have potentially a more scarier film, which would make the make the audience happy, and would be able to give us a more concise. I have one thing to route with the ask lore. you about this. Yes. Who would be your main character then? Who are we focusing on? Are we focusing on Springtrap? Or is it going to be, say, like a grown up Abby? Or like. We definitely, a time, we definitely time skip a few years, years, years forward, and I could see. It really doesn't. It, it could be Mike again or Abby. I'd probably say Abby because it's weird if Mike. To willingly chose to do that to himself a second time, yeah. but See. I I would I would say that and even yes. piggies to what I'm going with to like how they would then go to the third film there. Can I, I do my second film? First? It'll be, it'll be, you can go to like we. I'm the, I, I was just ending, I, I was ending this. mine at saying that mine connects to what I'm about to say after your part there. Okay. So I was like, we both do our second movie and then our third movies. So my second movie is it wouldn't be just straight FNAF two. It would be like a flashback type thing. You would have maybe maybe Mike finds something from his parents or like his dad who is currently technically missing that links him to Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria. Because a lot of people pointed out pointed out that the actor who works on the endoskeleton in the training tape looks a lot like Mike's dad's actor. So and there's another theory that can I bring up another theory really quick about the film? Yes. That would tie into my thing. Mm -hmm. So people theorize that Garrett is functioning as the puppet in this film. He was the first to go missing 
therefore he is the one who gives gifts and gives life he is william afton's first victim in this universe kind of because it's actually if you look at the movie garrett's disappearance is very similar to how we first see charlie's disappearance portrayed yep you have the purple car purple wink wink (laughs) quotation mark purple you have the car and you have the person that you can't tell who it is taking this child away and killing this child so a lot of people are like well what if Mike's family, the Schmitz in this, are going to parallel Henry's family. And so then you could have maybe, like, an explanation of what happened to Henry. Or we're just going to call him Mike's dad for now. An explanation of what happened to Mike's dad. You could get, like, here's how I would do it. I would have it be Mike's dad died in the FNAF 2 location. Or in the FNAF location, because I think they're just keeping keeping it at one restaurant. They're not... They're not doing Freddy Fazbear's entertainment. They're just doing Freddy Fazbear's. So he died in the FNAF location back in, I believe it's the 80s. Yeah, in the 80s, around like 87. And have it be that most of this is a flashback that we're seeing as Mike's looking through like something that his father left behind. Or maybe these are coming from tapes that his dad left behind. Maybe Mike even goes back to investigate what happened to his father, finds more stuff, and eventually finds, like, the puppet or something. And we get, like, a whole little bit of that. I would have it connect to FNAF 2, but also follow some of the fan theories that are going on. And have it be like, oh, Mike's family is actually connected to William's family, because why did William just kidnap a random kid? Quite literally, William's motivation in the se- in the game series and the book series is he's jealous of Henry. So why not have that continue into the movies? Why change his entire motivation? So yes, that would be my thing for the second movie is definitely tie it into FNAF 2, have some prequel elements to it, have some flashbacks to the 80s themselves, and definitely uh, have Mike's father somehow connected to Freddy Fazbear's. Now, what's your third so, movie take? Third movie take, right? So, and I forgot to mention this here, like, along the way. Somehow, there's going to be some sort of, like, flashback thing of how William got to the, the point where we first introduced him in the first movie to kind of give the backstory of him to kind of mm-hmm. make that whole thing make sense. We're going to get in, we, we get introduced to Henry somewhere in that. It would be my logic because you kind of have to for any of this to work. But then you get to the third game. And really, it's for my own personal want that I would have the third third movie go the way it does. Um, The third movie, we're going to somehow, because he finds a way to survive, as he mentioned at the end of this first movie, I always come back because he always does. That's his kind of whole line. It's kind of the shtick um, he has over these games. There, he does happen to come back. He does do that. All the Aptons um, do. Uh, even at the end of FNAF 3, sure, you get the, of the game, sure, you get the newspaper printing of. But if you. If you brighten the image. Yeah, <laughs> classic FNAF you see, thing. You see Spring Chap in the corner. Uh, the second, he survived. <laughs> the second I get any kind of teasers or anything FNAF related, I'm going to be like, all right, screenshot. Go over to Photoshop. You always brighten. <laughs> drop the drop the contrast, brighten the image. 
and you'll see some things. In the and back. you'll find something. If you don't Dude, find something, then you. Fun, fun fact, Pete. That's how people have found the apparent. Apparently, the puppet's kind of hidden in this movie via that. So, <laughs> of course, it's the exact same thing. So, which, and so, then if you don't find something by, by brightening the image, source code. Go into the source code. If there is an audio file, drop it into a spectrogram. You're gonna find something. I love somewhere. a spectrogram. We so, love Scott Cawthon getting everybody into ARGs. <laughs> So, so then continue with your third movie bit. My 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 third movie bit, and I really don't have as much of this fleshed out as I did the other one there. Of okay, someone introduced to Henry this last film in theory, mm-hmm. uh, theory, haha, uh, is uh, it's focused it's focused on William, and and it does lead to you know how we're finishing off the, we finish off the franchise of films here and don't do anything else necessarily with the story of these three movies. Five Freddy Fazbear's Pizzeria Simulator. Okay. I feel like would be a good if your climactic way if you keep it at a trilogy and if you want to do something else you're going into like what Security Breach is there where it's okay. in the same universe but it's not at all the same thing yeah. to a certain degree. So you'd go and, you'd go uh, skip ahead to the kind of ending for all of our main characters except for people really mostly because of that ending there I think that that has to kind of be the bookend bit there because the cassette speech yes that is iconic that needs to it's be iconic and I think that that is the most like powerful and best way you can wrap a bow on this complicated story yeah. of just like he gets lured back into the building doing all of these things things yeah. only for it to be uh th- a trap this whole uh although, although for one of you the darkest bit, bit of hell, hell has, has opened to swallow you whole so, so don't keep, keep the, the devil, devil waiting, waiting old friend. friend and and like i would and for you my daughter and for you f- would you return I'm, I can like quote I knew you, this. I, I'm, I have it. I, I pulled it up right here. I have this in my head, memorized. Uh, it's in your nature, protect the innocent. innocent. I'm, sorry I'm sorry that, that on that day, the day you were shut out and left to die, no one was there to lift you up into their arms the way you lifted others into yours. And then what became of you? I should have known you wouldn't be content to disappear. Not my daughter. Not my daughter. I couldn't save you then, so let me save you now. It's time to rest. For you, for, you, for those you've carried in your arms. arms. This ends, ends for all, for of, all us. of us. And communication. communication. Beep. Beep. <laughs> now, my, now it, and I thought about it in my head while I was kind of planning out this whole topic thing there. Wouldn't that be so freaking sick if the movie ends just right after that beep? Potentially. Or that's the last bit of dialogue we get in the film. That would actually is be really the, good. This ends, and for all of us, all of us so, and communication. Yes. Credits immediately. Absolutely. Beautiful ending. So now for my third movie. I kind of have like a similar thing. You would get uh, you would get like a glimpse of like you wouldn't get an entire FNAF 3 thing. You'd get like a little glimpse of Mike burning down the restaurant. That's all you get of FNAF 3. And then you get a time skip. I'm going to say 30 years. Abby is now a full-grown adult and she's opening her own pizzeria called Freddy Fazbear's Pizzerias, and Gotta she keep finds the dream alive. <laughs> she finds all of her friends, and she brings her friends together. You'll get references, like you might see. You'll you'll get references to characters, 
and maybe we'll introduce some and in like the second movie oh, I would guess you right. would have introduced a whole bunch of new characters you'll get those characters back such like a, a circus baby because I feel like that's the one we both forgot to find the way to include here <laughs> I would have had her in FNAF too uh, that's, that's what I also would have thought too but I realized neither of us said it so yeah and so then at the end instead of Henry saying the speech because my version of Henry's dead it's Michael and instead oh. of the, and instead of the my daughter, it'd be my brother. Because remember, I'm having Gareth be the puppet. It'd be Michael in the end connecting to his brother, being like, "Guess what? You don't need to carry this anymore. I will carry this for you, and I will finish the job. I will make sure you are avenged, and I will make sure that you get to rest. Lay your burden on me, and please rest. And then." That would not be the end. No. I would leave a slight little opening in case we'd want to expand. I would have, in the end, Abby is the only survivor. Abby is the only survivor of the entire series. <laughs> Abby is our final girl. Uh, we we and, love a final girl. <laughs> yeah. So then, like, the fire would be the ending thing, and then there'd be an end credit scene where you see, where you see paramedics find, you see firefighters find Abby. She is, like, basically completely unharmed, if not just a little bit of soot on her face. And that could kind of be, like, the final thing of the ghost protecting Abby. You'd have you'd have a bunch of, like, ghost and Abby stuff. I love the little dynamic they have. But I really want, like, then you could leave it open of Abby still there and all that stuff. But you would get that final ending of bringing it all together in the end, bringing everybody together... And telling the kids, you get to rest. Let the it's adults over. take care We're of done. this. <laughs> you get your hat. I would also... So, another thing, actually. Instead of ending on the fire, now that I'm thinking of it, you have the fire. You have it go black. Everybody would think the movie's over, but then you would have it fade into the scene of a birthday party. The They'd play the track that plays during the Happiest Day minigame. You would have Garrett carrying this cake to whoever was in the Golden Freddy suit. And you would have the kids fade away as masks drifted to the floor. And then you would have your happiest day. And then that's where the movie ends. As the kids all disappear. As you see these masks empty sitting on the floor and you know that it's over that the kids get to rest they have had their happiest day that's sick that that's sick look at us now now blumhouse blumhouse fire me (laughs) and repeat the microphones (laughs) blumhouse uh if you want some script ideas we provided you a total of four Uh, um blumhouse uh, please know, uh, I, I'm very willing to help with the FNAF movie. I am too. I don't care if I'm like a not very good paid intern. I would very much love to work on FNAF. It has been a lifetime dream of mine to do something with FNAF. So please, 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 please. And at that point, from my on my end, that would just be something that would be really enjoyable to do. And I care enough about the franchise to which I'd want it to actually do a good job if I was actually given the opportunity. Therefore, yes. hire us. Hire um, us. Hire us, please. Please. Um, I want to work in the industry anyway. Uh, with, with us barely even making it to an hour, but yeah, I feel like we still have some more things we to talk about. We have a bunch about. more to say. Um, and so, so, no, 
Uh, so. How do you feel? Uh, hmm. I. Were you disappointed that it was PG-13 and not R-rated? I was a little bit. I really wanted it to be a PG-13, to be an R-rated movie, so we'd have... Because, honestly, I'll admit, I'm one of the fans that was very much upset when the FNAF fandom was taken over by a bunch of... Ch- I'm going to call them... Top- I'm gonna call them toddlers. They're not toddlers. They're just children. But when a bunch of toddlers <laughs> invaded my fandom, they're not toddlers. About murderous they robots. Are, they're not toddlers, but they are toddlers. <laughs> they, are, they act like toddlers. Like you see some of the stuff that like, you see so much gatekeeping going on from like the newer fans. Like, well, you don't. Well, this, this, and this happened. It's like, no, buddy, listen. People like you are the reason why MatPat had to put out a video on proper ARG etiquette. Because some people can't be nice about things, and some people have to ruin good things for the rest of us. Act like a mature adults, because this series is not for children. That's another thing. I did not like how they made how the latest FNAF movie, how Security Breach came up. Ruin, great addition. I love how Ruin changes things. Security Breach just felt like it was reaching for kids. Like, honestly. Yeah. It's like you're... We need to not be encouraging children into this franchise. I hate to say it. This is this is not a franchise. I would let my if I had a child right now, I would not be letting my child be getting into this stuff. My parents had the appropriate reaction when they heard I liked Five Nights at Freddy's when I was in middle school and were like, that I don't think that's appropriate. My parents definitely, definitely had the right idea of mm, that's maybe something to keep an eye on. And I still like it anyway. Heck, you... <laughs> I was a more appropriate age to be watching that stuff than some of the people who watch it now. Yeah, no, this is not a it's thing not for a children. Thing. I it's wish not a thing for children. It's not. It's I wish they would have really... Should have right. never been. <laughs> yeah, should have never been. I wish they would have done what they did with Megan and released a uh, director's R-cut. Oh yeah, that'd be that. That would be nice. Like specifically, just on Peacock, not I mean, in theaters. I mean, we they they have time if that they, that can release post the film coming yeah. out. There. Please do, please. If please that, do that exists, if you'd be willing to do that, Blumhouse, that would be a really nice thing for like the OG fans who've been waiting for this movie, who know how bad this. Like, honestly, you know, what? little little rant here, Derek. What animatronic is the scariest for you? Does the puppet count? Let's keep it in FNAF 1 characters. Uh, keeping it in FNAF 1? Yes. Uh, technically, it would have to be... Golden Freddy's in FNAF 1. Yes. So, yeah. Okay, yours is Golden Freddy. I'll be honest. The one I feared the most was Foxy, and that's just because I have bad reflexes. <laughs> oh, ah. so I'd, I'd lose skill him. issue! It's a skill issue, but lose. <laughs> as I've grown, when I was younger, Foxy was the one that scared me. As I've grown up, I love Foxy, and now, what animatronic do you think Scott considers the scariest one he ever made? Um, gee, that's a question. This, um, is, this, this is a very well-known thing, prob- though. I don't know it. How do you Has he actually it? answered this? Like, he had. He said this multiple times. Okay, then I missed whatever the part like it, that was. Because of the movie, it's been recirculating on the internet. Of So what did he say? So, because, 
I want you to take a guess at which one of the main four gave Scott Cawthon a nightmare that terrified him. I'm going to say, because I'm trying to almost think there, I'm just like, is it what I think it is? Or is he go, or 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 is it different? Well, what do you think it is? My brain would think Foxy. No. But I kn- but I know it wouldn't be that simple. So I so my brain would go with the the Othwell object I was thinking of earlier, uh, Bonnie. That's actually correct. There you go. <laughs> Bonnie freaked him out so much. He had a nightmare with a terrifying. He literally described a terrifying version of Bonnie that was withering, patches falling out. You could see into the endoskeleton, and it had, like, just pure black eyes. Like, there were no eyes, and it had this sharp teeth, and it terrified. He had a... Well, it's like a a weird... It was like a creepier version of FNAF 2, Bonnie. (laughs) He had a Five Nights at Freddy's 4-esque dream about this. Like, he had a dream... Ooh! He he had a dream where With the shark teeth. I remember this. He had a dream where he woke up in his room and heard something outside of his door, so he had to close his door, and he did not close it in time. And then he got jump scared. And 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 that's when he realized, guys, I've got a great idea for a game. <laughs> Hear me out. I had this weird dream one night. Actually, no. So, how, how Five Nights at Freddy's actually came to be is it was Scott's last-ditch attempt. It was he, meant to be because he was making some poorly receptive phone games. Yeah, like Chipper and Sons. We don't like to talk about Chipper and Sons. We love does, Chipper and Sons. We? I love talking about There, there we go. <laughs> I was going to say, we became French really fast because I don't know where you got we from this. Here, so A lot of fans like we we <laughs> Like, they'll admit that the game sucks, but they'll like the concept and like the idea of Chipper and Sons because that's what gave us FNAF is this whole thing of, oh, these this terrifies you they're robotic in their movements let me make a horror game based off of robots I mean butterfly effect but like yeah and then there's also the really good FNAF fan game based on Chipper and Sons please for the future films reference I would like to none of the fan game (laughs) I don't okay reference one reference the ones that are gonna be technically canon don't even do that with the fanverse initiative Pop goes, Five Nights at Candies. Those two. I was so I not ignore not. the one that is now problematic. I'm not gonna say its name on the podcast. Can you text me that? Cause I'll I'll snap you which one's problematic so you know which one to avoid. Because because I was about yeah, to yeah. say one to be referenced and I don't want to say the one that you're <laughs> about to say. I gotta do it over Discord because my Snapchat's being funky. Ah, technology. It's Snapchat. It's... Yeah, no. Uh, a lot of stuff's happened with the fanverse. Shocking. So, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, that one. No, I mean... That one. That's the problematic one. Yeah, no. I feel like I feel like that creator is part of the pair. That's a situation I'll explain to you if you don't know it outside of the booth. Say that, that's an off-air let's, let's not get into the politics of video games. Movie with politics of video games. And back, back, to the, back to movies and FNAF as a movie. Honestly, okay. So something I've seen recently. Mm-hmm. This is a TikTok. Somebody was so completely wrong on a TikTok that it made me very upset. And this was a FNAF TikTok. 
ooh, we're getting Ella's reaction to things that they don't like. So, you know, do you remember the old, like, I, I think the name of the person who did it was, like, Tony something mm-hmm. animations? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm thinking of? Yep. Somebody said those were new and that the VHS tapes were old. Like, I went into the comment, because it was, like, it was a TikTok that's, like, FNAF now, and it was the anima- the animated thing. And it's, like, FNAF then, then, and it's the VHS. And I literally went in this comment to go tell this little Moron. kid, you are so wrong. This thing came out probably before you were born, if you don't know this. And it's, like... <sighs> We here at Pen and Popcorn don't endorse insulting people over the internet. However, I will <laughs> fight a child over the internet. Don't get me wrong. However, that had whether or not we endorse it, and whether or not that stopped us from doing it, is two different statements. Exactly. So, no, how if you have good reason, we're not going to tell you no. Yeah. But <laughs> we're more likely if you're wrong and you genuinely didn't just know, don't be wrong. I'll correct you first. Just don't be wrong. But, like, if it's something that... Educate yourself. Yeah. If Don't it's be some, wrong. If it's, like, if I need to educate you on this, you're going to learn. You will learn. I'm not going to, like, uh, get uh, screaming and yelling, but I will be, like, okay, educate yourself on, like, the fandom before you start making these kind of posts. If you're going to make a post comparing content and a fandom, you need to do research on this fandom, and you need to know when each piece of content that you're using came out. You need to. Because I'm guessing... I think the reason why a lot of people, uh, why the person who made that uh, edit got confused is because the person who made that animatic has a similar style to the person who did the Freddy and Friends cartoons for Security Breach. Oh, yeah. So they could have just assumed it was like a Freddy and Friends product. <laughs> no, I love the fact a lot of people in the years have made little mini FNAF movies on YouTube. And I love that. It is so great. It's honestly wonderful to see. This fandom is so creative, if not at times toxic. As are most fandoms. Most fandoms have a period of time where they're toxic. I can't think of one fandom I've been in that hasn't been toxic at one point or another. Honestly. Yeah, not me either, yeah. No. Every fandom gets a little bit toxic sometimes. That's okay. FNAF fandom is no exception. Not at all. Everybody remember when y'all crucified MatPat for Dream Theory, and now everybody's praising MatPat for Dream Theory because it's most likely There's, true? Yeah, because how else People. do you explain four, <laughs> honestly? Well, okay, so the thing that happened is... Four not being there a was thing a story that's real. There was a story of. that came out in one of, I think, I can't remember if it's Fazbear Frights or Tales of the Pe- If it's the Fazbear Frights... If it's the whatever the first book series was... Fazbear Frights. Fazbear Frights? I can't remember if it was a Fazbear Frights book or a Tales from the Peace of Plex book. Fazbear Frights. But it, there was this story about a game developer who slowly went crazy and saw hallucinations of the scary game that he was making. And so then... Oh, look, guys, Scott Coffin. Yeah. In and FNAF so, 4. <laughs> so that's the canon explanation of the games, because if you'll remember... In the lore of the games, technically the first four games are all games in the universe made by a game developer that Fazbear paid off to make lights of the horrible tragedies at their locations. So the games are canon within the games. Gameception. Gameception. Woo! However, recently a story came out in Tales of the Pizzaplex. And I believe the most recent Tales of the Pizzaplex, the last one in the series... 
that basically explained FNAF 4 as children on hallucinogenic gas. Which is still kind of dream theory-esque. But also just really random. Scott, what are you doing? Then again, I... Honestly, Scott Cawthon, I have been doubting you since the moment Bunny Kong was released to the public. That was a controversy. If you remember Bunny Call. I do. That was a big controversy. So, no. Honestly, we love this fandom. It's really great. We're both big fans of this fandom. Yeah, I mean, I'll admit that I kind of... I distanced myself from it for, like, post, I'd say, uh, Pizzeria Simulator. Because to me, I kind of... Kind of, kind of like in the same way, and we'll cover how people. We'll cover the, the analogy I'm making a little bit more in depth probably next month. In the same way, like how Marvel fans kind of clocked out after Endgame. Oh yeah. I'm just like you know, okay, that ending felt like a good enough ending for me to be like, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, it's this is where it stopped because this done. felt like an impactful finish. It's just like. We've tied up everything that matters, and and now it's time and now we can move on. And then more games and books came out, and I was like, okay, never. You know what? I'm so, gonna just leave that alone. So I actually I stayed on the train. I literally I fell off the caboose. <laughs> I I applied to get early access to FNAF AR. I played FNAF in FNAF AR in my high school which is like an old style high school so it looks very haunted at like late in late at night while we were waiting to go to a dance competition i was playing fnaf ar in my school <laughs> i currently on one of the switches that my family has i can't tell i can't remember if it's my dad's or if it's me and my brother's switch have fnaf help wanted downloaded to play i I've tried to be a part of a whole bunch of ARGs that whenever new stuff comes out in the fandom, I'm trying to get on top of it. We love the new stuff in the fandom. Honestly. What makes me sad is lore for FNAF is probably coming out as we're doing this. You want to know why? Because we just recently had a new a, a entity entered into this well, franchise. No. Uh, so, do you know who FNAF is? The YouTuber? Very familiar, probably do, but continue. Yeah, John. Yeah. He is currently having a live stream where he interviews the cast of Security Breach. Ah, son of a... <laughs> Bonnie. Son of a Bonnie. <laughs> like, let me check if it's still live on YouTube. Um, uh, it might not be live anymore. Oh, my goodness. Well, Because it was... All right, I guess, yeah. No, it ended three hours ago. He had an hour, 30-minute stream with the cast of Security Breach, The Living Tombstone, and then one other person. Ah, The Living Tombstone. We love The Living Tombstone. You guys got recognition in the film, too. Oh, my God. I'm so happy for you. MatPat just released a very meta game (laughs) I saw that on my feed. I haven't watched it yet. I haven't watched it yet. uh, No, and now. And now, Warner Brothers presents... Wacko... Uh. See, I, I, I almost... See, although they, the song they, they chose of the Living Tombstones there made perfect sense... It's iconic. It's iconic. I it, mean, they, they, there's, a better, the, there's a better... It's the uh, FNAF they, 1 song. Say, what song would you rather they have? Uh, I mean, considering the movie, that's the, be- the best one to do for that movie. I personally... 
It's been so long. It's them, right? Yeah. Yeah, no, that per, off of personal bias. Okay. I like on. that one a lot. Thank you for bringing up It's Been So Long. I needed to talk to him about that. Don't drop your phone. Ah. <laughs> it's Been So Long is based off of an incorrect fan theory, so I feel like they probably weren't going to include it anyway. It's based... So, It's Been So Long is based off of a theory that came out around FNAF 2, I want to say. Yep. That um, the person who was in the puppet was the mother or the parent uh, of the child who died in the... I don't know what the name of that minigame is called. Um, the... The Give Cake minigame. Gi- I think give that's Cake, there. Give Life, whatever it is there. It's the give, the, the gi- puppet minigame. And the Give Cake minigame. In FNAF minigame. 2. There's multiple of those. You need to... It's the Give... Yeah, because it's the Give Cake minigame, and then there's the Give Gifts, Give Life, which is... And then the one. Save Him. Save them. Save him, save them, yada, yada, Save yada. somebody. Somebody save needed somebody. to get saved. People needed saving. People needed saving. Someone didn't get the saving, and that was quite it, sad. You can't. Damn. <laughs> that's literally a purple guy's quote. That's right. That was you my exact can't. reaction in the games when I re- when that exact thing popped up okay. there. Of, you can't. Another thing <laughs> I want to touch on. I feel like the one thing... Do you think him talking on the phone like his main interaction with Mike being over the phone is a reference to when everybody thought purple guy was phone guy <laughs> probably <laughs> I'm, I mean this, I'll game, be honest, this yeah. movie is surprisingly meta on itself this <laughs> this move, movie is all about references it is all just like it's a love it's letter the back fa- to, the, to, to the fandom again it's there. literally it's a love letter to the fans as was stated in the press release and the reason why it currently has I think like a 28 on Rotten Tomatoes this movie is for the fans. It's not for anybody else. If you're not a fan, don't touch critics don't put your eat dirt. Habs. Eat dirt, critics. We don't care about. You, you, I don't care about what Rotten Tomatoes has to say about this movie. Exactly. I don't care about what Rotten Tomatoes has to say about any movie. I found out a, a couple months ago that apparently a lot of the big people who work there have been getting paid to write reviews in a certain in certain ways by the companies that make the films. So certain films are getting positive reactions because they paid for them. Yes. So why Uh, do I care? (laughs) There is one more thing we have to hit before we can end the episode. Yeah. This is a more serious topic. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you think I'm going to hit on? I have no idea. Okay. So something I would like to take a moment. I know this is at the end of the episode. I'm so sorry. We should have hit on this earlier. This movie is actually a struck work by SAG-AFTRA. Specifically because it is being dispensed by Universal. Universal Mm -hmm. is currently trying to break up the strike of the actors who are trying to get better conditions and better pay, I believe. So, please send your... We send our support to sag After We support the strike in its entirety. This is honestly... The only reason that this is a struck work at all is specifically because Universal is involved. So Blumhouse is not a struck company. If they had used, I feel like, if they'd used a different production company to like, I, I, I don't know what. I.e., if the Warner version ever happened. <laughs> I think Warner is still struck. I think it's like tw- if they'd used like 21st Century instead or something like that. Yeah. Like, it's the people whose like logos appear in the very beginning. Yeah. If they had used any other studio for that for whatever they used Universal for. This movie would probably not be struck. But this is, in fact, still a struck property. So we are saying this. We stand with the SAG actor strikes. Absolutely. 
pay your people what they're worth. God, Our hearts God and damn. souls and prayers go out to the people on those picket lines. Honestly, this is not meant to be any kind of scab content. This is quite literally just two fans geeking out about their favorite movie. Or, sorry, my our favorite fan, one of our favorite fandoms, and a movie we never thought we'd get to see. True. Very, so, very hearts true. and souls go out to the people on those picket lines. Universal, get your shit together. Please keep support the strike in any way you can. And if that means, like, because this is coming out on Halloween, that means don't dress up as a character from Struck Works. You can still dress up as an animated character or a character from not Struck Works, a video game character if it's not from a Struck, if it's not from a Struck Work. Please keep in mind what SAG After asks of people, of the public, and I hope the strike's over soon. I hope SAG After gets everything that they want. I hope the actors get exactly what they need and what they want. Mm -hmm. So thank you, everybody. I I mean, I I didn't know that you were going to go to the SAG After thing there because I kind of also had like a a not as serious bit there. We didn't plan. The fun fact about this podcast, we really don't plan like the structure of that stuff here. We just kind of go. It makes it feel more natural. Um, I want to give a thank you to Scott Cawthon. Because yeah. on the technicality, this is the last project of his that's released because uh, he's, re- cause he he's retired. retired. And he's been I, retired for a couple of years. And it's been a couple of years now that, you know, because this film was taking so long, and this is the last thing there. And just as two people who have been as keeping up with this silly little franchise of a video game that honestly was a gamble from the beginning. From everything from books to movies. So we, we, to games. Yes, like Scott for like n- a nine year stretch. We think you, we, you, you gave us one of the craziest things that we've ever seen. You I've never seen a game franchise with a community as wild to a degree with how it works as FNAF, and how so many fan games, there's so many fan theories, fan edits, fan, fan characters, f- fan edits. I don't know if you can really name a video game fandom community that's as strong as FNAF and has you been can. as strong for that long there. And that's thanks to Scott for being able to create something like that in the first place. Is there? You did something marvelous, man. Absolutely. And on behalf of me and Ella, yes, we want we want to say give a, give a thank, thank you, you to you because thank you, Scott, for everything you've done for this fandom, for everything you've done for this community, for things you've even done for us. Yes. <laughs> One thing I will admit, I I hate to say it. Scott, I will miss your cryptic little updates, and I will miss your I cryptic will miss looking in the source code of the website and finding messages. I <laughs> will miss you driving MatPat crazy. I will miss MatPat. Well, it's rude of us to say we miss MatPat losing sleep over this there, but I mean, it was <laughs> no, the I, good old days. <laughs> I will miss... I miss you and MatPat's little back-and-forth banter. Yeah. I'm but, so glad but, but Matt Pat ho- finally got to meet you in person. I, I'm glad. And we hope you enjoy uh, your time in retirement, Scott, yes. honestly, because you've, you have you worked your ass off for... You did. Uh, you uh, uh, for you the, worked to get this, so hard. The, you know, so you... I was like, I'll, I'll, quote, I'll quote some wording you wrote here. It's time to rest for you. You need to rest. <laughs> and for those you, you have carried in your arms. 
it's ha- it's time to hand the franchise over to who hopefully to Steel Wool Studios and whoever is doing the next bit of stuff. But as for this episode, but as but as episode. the franchise will keep going. And there'll be more FNAF stuff to cover. Who knows? We may cover uh, the second FNAF movie we, if it comes out if there's soon. A fi- if there's a second FNAF movie, we are covering it. I don't care if I have to drag you out of retirement myself, Derek. <laughs> if we retire before the FNAF movie, to FNAF, FNAF 2 movie comes out, I'm dragging you back into a studio to but, record. But as, but as the franchise and everything else continues to to uh, steal from the speech that we quoted not just five minutes ago, this this episode ends for all of us and we get and we get communication thank you guys for watching well, or listening rather it's time to wind up the music box and go to sleep it's we're shutting the curtains it's 6am your night is over go home enjoy some rest and you know what have some exotic butters while you're at it that too you've earned it you've earned it thank you go enjoy your little soap operas Enjoy yourself. We'll be here. Take a seat on the couch. We'll we'll be here. We'll be here waiting for when it's time to come back. Just remember to always keep that music box wound. And keep an eye on the time. Because we'll see you real soon. Real. Real real soon. soon.